Apocalypse Rock Chapter 47 Return to Costo Gus looked up from his phone. Well, actually, humans can be infected with rabies. Doug and Gus were driving north on the central road that wound its way through Sternum toward Mount Costo. Outside, the rain had stopped and the sky had brightened, turning the forest's emerald greens vibrant and making its foliage gloss in the sun. That's an urban myth, Doug responded after a moment. He stretched his bandaged hand. It throbbed and ached. No, promise, it's real, Gus replied. It could explain Sweetland last night, aggressive and agitated. I mean, he always is. He needs help with that for sure. But having strange thoughts and hallucinations, bizarre postures and contortions, seizures, that fits the bill. It can be fatal if it isn't treated. Okay, I, I don't know. Burning all those dogs isn't exactly a sign of balanced mental health. Maybe that's what's been happening to us. Gus gave Doug a timid sideways glance. Maybe we all have some mutated form of rabies, and it's developing in different ways and at different speeds in all of us. Right, so first I need to see a therapist, and now I need to go and see a doctor about my rabies. Or do you think the entire island has rabies? Doug asked, his patience at the end of its tether. It's a possibility. I don't fucking think so, Gus. And it's any less plausible than a bunch of hippies brainwashing everyone with some node or whatever? Gus's face had started to go red. Interstellar probe. The two sat in silence. Well, anyway, we should call the ambulance if we see Sweetland, Gus summed up. What ambulance? Doug muttered and turned on the radio. Gus franned out the passenger side window. Warnings of high winds remain through the weekend, and all sailings around the Juan de Fuca Strait and Terminal City have been cancelled. Likewise, all light aircraft have been granted, and all small vessels are urged to find a safe port. This is 107.7, the end. Ain't Kansas anymore, buckaroo, Gus said to the radio. Doug laughed, and the tension in the car eased slightly. The breathless newscaster continued. Chief Stonkren updated the public this morning about the department's ongoing investigation into the recent human foot discovery on Bainbridge Island. The police chief's deliberate voice came on. As most of you know, we are investigating the recent discovery of a detached human foot found in Murden Cove. We have made significant headway in the past day regarding identifying the missing person whose foot this belonged to. But as you know, for a few different reasons, we need to keep that information out of the public sphere right now. And a complicating factor has arisen. Over the past 24 hours, there have been new detached human foot discoveries across the Salish Sea region. That's from Galliano Island in the north and down to Whidbey Island in the south. At last count, 12 more feet have been discovered. Whoa, Doug exclaimed. The earthquake could have caused it, mused Gus. Shook out some of the corpses, made the feet come off and float up. 
We've tried to keep the discoveries out of the news due to our ongoing investigation, as well as to keep rumors to a minimum. But unfortunately, as usual, many folks have decided to post information about it onto social media, so we're releasing that info today. With a reminder that all previous solved cases have clearly shown accidental death or suicide as a cause. Approaching headlights blinked over a hill, then disappeared behind another. A familiar explosive roar rolled over the clanging station wagon. The headlights reemerged, nearer. Another blink, and then another roar. Bear's tricked-out copper-green Nissan Skyline sedan with electric violet trim bore down on them, a jade bolt glistening in the sun, water from the road spraying up behind the blade of its spoiler, a rainbow appearing in its misty drag. Bear? Doug and Gus exclaimed in unison. Gus rolled open his window, preparing to flag down the fast-approaching beast. But if anything, the car accelerated. The air pressure of it passing against them shook Doug's station wagon violently. In the split second of its passing by, as Gus frantically waved at his window at who he assumed must be Bear, Doug saw the lone driver, in the freeze-frame-like moment of lucidity, through what remained of the car's shattered window glass, he saw an emaciated, scraggly bearded white man, one hand on the steering wheel, a look of crazed intensity in his wild eyes, long tangled hair whipping about behind him as the open air blasted through the empty space where Bear's windshield used to be. Along the side of the car, a brutal trail of bullet holes pockmarked the otherwise exceptionally well-polished metal. Doug recognized the driver, unbelievable as it should have been. Bear! Gus, glasses fogged up from the cold, shouted pointlessly into the rushing air once the Nissan had rocketed past. Damn it, why the hell does he always have to drive like that? It wasn't Bear answered Doug. Who was it? Gus asked. Super tramp, Doug muttered, still wrapping his head around what he'd seen. What? It doesn't matter, replied Doug. It wasn't Bear. Shit, Gus whispered. All investigations are ongoing, some reaching back several decades now, so we ask anyone with information about missing loved ones or friends to come forward, and I really gotta remind folks, speculation is natural, especially with so many new discoveries. But again, these cases fit the pattern of accident or suicide, albeit at a faster rate of discovery. Doug switched the radio off, and the two continued in silence. Some patches of blue sky and sun broke through the clouds above them, reflecting off the road in blinding dapples of light. Apocalypse Rock is written and read by me, Nate Patsinski. For more, go to apocalypserock.xyz. 
please rate and review this story wherever you may have found it and share with any friends who you think might like it. Thanks for listening.